welcome to Across the Desk and our new series in partnership with Maddie Dever, the Autistic Rambler. Maddie is a non-binary autistic advocate engaged in political advocacy, a parent of five, and a very funny person. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about, and we look forward to you joining the conversation. Now let's get to rambling. Okay, so what just happened actually ties into what I want to talk to you about today. Okay. <laughs> so, hello and welcome to Across the Desk. My name is Elizabeth Ploof and I'm the host of Across the Desk. But today, today being Friday, Ooh. today we are back with my ever-loving Maddie Dever and hello. our Autistic Rambler series. So... If you're listening to this part, it's tying into another part, and then there's two introductions, and it might seem a little weird, but they tie together because, as strange as that may sound, the last podcast we did, which was just a little quickie on Wednesday, revolves around Maddie's expertise because what we had chatted quickly about was an analogy of figuring out being autistic as the same as or similar to driving a car and having the headlights turned on. No, anyway, Maddie's making eyebrows at me. So I'm saying that I've got it wrong. So we're going to talk about it again. If you haven't listened to the first part, I might just forget the first part. It's Friday and I'm a little punchy. Um, Hello it, and welcome to Across Pond, the Autistic Rambler version. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm not... <laughs> and I don't even have, I don't have the A card to play here. <laughs> well, I do have an, an, an A card. I have an ADD card, but I don't have an autism card. Um, okay. So reiterate for those, because I might just, the other one was great, but this will be better. <laughs> she says, fingers crossed and other body maybe parts. Bigger, maybe not better, but it'll be bigger. <laughs> Valid. Totally valid. Okay. So for some background very quickly, Maddie and I have talked for a number of years now. And one of the things we both have a huge beef with is how different experiences are either seen as expertise or not seen as expertise. And even when they are seen as expertise, if it's based on lived experience, then some individuals may not place the same monetary value on compensating um, somebody for sharing that lived experience. But when you get down to it, expertise is all lived experience because you have to deliver it, you have to learn about it, you have to whatever, and you have to live it while you're doing it. I was so, just about to say that. I was just about to say that, that all experience is lived experience, but we put our in a label. box. Yeah, we put our label right. on the box. Poo on boxes. Mm. Poo, I say. So the other day, Maddie and I had a very quick meeting because um, our schedules are both wonky. And Maddie was sharing that they'd had this aha while sharing their expertise based on lived experience. And if this is your first time listening, Maddie, do you want to put context around your lived experience? Oh, yes. So uh, I'm an autistic adult. I'm also a parent of five kids, of which four are also autistic. So I'm both an autistic and a, and a and an autistic parent and an autistic parent of autistic kids. So, and yeah. there's ands. 
It's a lot of A's. Maddie's just not a simple A. He's yeah. a big A. <laughs> <laughs> and they only sometimes am I an A hole. <laughs> oh, I would never. Well, never have I ever experienced. Oh, that, I've but... had times. I've had times. I. Oh, I, we all do. Yeah, exactly. But they are also non-binary. They are also. Yes. Um, I wouldn't say you are differently abled. Oh God! <laughs> are... No, 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 not differently abled. I hate that. I hate know that. I know that one. Yeah. No, I'm. They require uh, some assistance I, getting I, around. I had a car accident uh, uh, three years ago and a spinal cord injury, so I'm. I also now spend a lot of my time rolling around in a wheelchair, which I actually, you know, I'm. I'm. It's a place where I do feel human. Uh, otherwise, I'm like stuck in a wheelchair, having people push me. So having a motorized wheelchair gets me around, and it makes me very happy. And I have had the pleasure of trying to keep up with Maddie, <laughs> zooming through downtown Toronto, where they forget that people are trailing in their wake, <laughs> and all yeah. they're like, "Wait, wait!" Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, I get okay so zoom a lot, you know. <laughs> oh, well done. You think? Well done. So context again um what i do for a living um i'm a founder of a technology company and we're focused on solving the autism and neurodivergent in general employment crisis so we have a technology platform called nanoworks and and it was my idea so i only share that for context because if you have ever taken an idea of your own and built it and Put it out in the world and whatever whatever that's a whole experience next level mm -hmm. um and that creates some lived experience would i say that that makes me an expert by no means do i have advice to share and lived experience to share and experience to share and am i a continued learner absolutely do i like talking well i'd be dumb to have a podcast if i don't like that. Wouldn't that be like, wonder if you were like, and I'm not making fun, but it would be kind of funny if you were selectively mute and you <laughs> decided to start a podcast. You, you'd use your, your, your text to speech. I, I do know of some, I do know. Oh, of that's some, smart. Yeah. I do know of some non speakers who use their text to speech to do podcasts. <gasps> I know. See, this is where I do not have expertise. And I never would have, never would I ever have thought of that because I don't require yeah. those kind of support tools. Mute so doesn't mean not available. Yeah. So, you know, and it's. Oh, no, no, uh, I know that. I know. No, that. no, I just want to uh, use, use the word selective mutism. And um, there's, there's a real push to change that to situational mutism. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Because se not, selective yeah. makes it sound like it's a choice and exactly. it's not a choice. It's not a choice. No, I, it's not a choice. I, as, somebody, as somebody who has that experience at times especially when i'm in a lot of pain and medical people are asking me and i don't know what to do you know i i shut down a bit and i cannot communicate verbally as either at all or as well as i used to so situational mutism is is really oh, i like that we're going for now and that makes a lot more sense because you're reacting to the experience that you're in and you're managing the best you can versus somebody implying that you're just choosing not to speak which is never yeah. true yeah oh i'm getting spammed hang on spam 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 oh anyway so um spam. who is that that's a uh, um, money python you sounded like a muppet 
No, I, I was sounding like the uh, the uh, I believe it's Eric Idle's character as a as an old woman going spam spam spam. So yeah, it's okay. Muppetish. Okay, well we're having a bunny moment, but so then um, the back end. So what we are doing now, we have diverged. Um, Spiro Careers Canada has. Uh, we're still doing the technology side, but now we are really focused on advanced manufacturing and trades and creating employment opportunities and better employment opportunities for neurodivergent individuals. And so I recently completed five videos for manufacturing masters. And when they announced the videos and put them out, they called me an expert. I have to tell you, I had <laughs> some clenching of body parts because that title doesn't sit well with me. It sounds a bit pretentious and I don't require that like the title in my company because we you know you have to have titles to make other people happy is chief minion <laughs> like <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty pretty across the board with that unless I'm putting in some kind of official government document where they wouldn't exactly know what chief minion meant and they require a CEO or a founder or whatever on that so that's where Maddie and I started chatting because we've been trying to make sure that Maddie's lived experience is seen as expertise because it should be. And how do we change that perception of what an expert is and get away from the whole, I don't know, putting it down? Like I, you go with it because I'm. Yeah. So I, when I was a kid, I used to think I knew everything and that I, I knew more than everybody. And um, it was just the default. It, 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 it wasn't a pride thing. It was just a fact. <laughs> um, but it, it definitely made it harder for people to uh, connect with me. Um, and over my adult years, I, as I started realizing, oh, heck, I don't know everything. Um, and yeah, I, I am meeting people, uh, some people smarter than me. I, it, it turned that, that reality at first turned into serious, um, oh, what was I struggling with? The, uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, cause it, I would have incredible successes and then massive, huge failures and, uh, and it's just the up and down of things. And when I'd have those downs, I'd feel absolutely that like everything I, th I thought about myself beforehand was a lie. Um, yes. So yeah, coming to this point now where I'm 47 and I'm having um, more and more people invite me to things that um, are with people that I definitely consider experts, um, but I'm being treated as equal to that has you know has has had me like humbling. yeah it's 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 humbling but it's it's had me learn to accept this um in in, in a in a humble way um but you know i i think i'm now at the point where okay i can accept that label because mm -hmm. i i the the people that I share this label with I, I they get me and i get them and so it's you know i and I'm old enough now <laughs> that okay, um, I I have this experience that people I, I I'm seeing people uh, 
um, uh, treasure is the only word I can come up with. And I treasure their experience. They're, 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 I, oh, I treasure, yeah. yeah. And, and for, I guess what it, what it is, um, expertise is, is the cross section of experience and knowledge. Ooh. Oh, dang, you're good. Like, seriously. We need to make like a mini Matty Yoda. Oh, gosh. I have a Yoda somewhere here. Oh, we need a, we need a long haired Yoda. <laughs> Oh, but okay. So my my, my daughter, was, hair. my daughter, when she was six or seven, she went up to me and said, "Dad, Yoda best," and then laughed her head Aww. off. <laughs> so we're expertise, and I'm gonna have to go back and play that again. So where exper where experience, experience and knowledge meet is expertise. That's an Oprah moment. I, I, as I was thinking, I was like, I, like I'm breathing deeply right now. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. And that's where I, so here's the thing. I am playing in spaces, I don't know, sandboxes, whatever you want to call them, where, where really nobody else is playing. Mm -hmm. So one of the challenges with where I'm at in my businesses and what have you is that I, I don't technically, and I don't mean this in a, I'm so Canadian. <laughs> I don't mean to brag, sorry, eh? but, so sorry, eh? but there really isn't anybody else playing in our space. So I don't have anybody else to go to, yeah. to build expertise and knowledge. Cause I'm the one creating the expertise and knowledge, which I've never said out loud. Yeah. You're like therapy, like the best huggy boo boo therapy ever. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's where I wonder if a lot of people struggle, right? Like understanding that nobody else has walked in your shoes. It is a unique experience. Mm -hmm. You do bring a unique viewpoint, you know, like talking to Courtney Weaver and, yeah. and talking to Brittany Hodgins and talking to all of these individuals who are advocates within the autism community. And Brittany especially does a fantastic job, uh, or Whitney, sorry, I'm calling her Brittany. Oh, big jeepers, correct me. Um, cause I knew that was wrong. And then I was like, but what's the, what rhymes with Brittany? So Whitney Hodgins is an incredible advocate that she's been on the podcast before. And, um, she's out in Western Canada and she's very active in politics and she's been on the Canadian journal of autism and equity or autism equity. She's very active with autism Alliance Canada. And she is just, she has found her value in in her lived experience and the way she perceives the world and, and i wonder maddie if that's the other piece is that being neurodivergent right so maddie being autistic me being add our brains and two people by the way the video that you sent me the adhd parody <laughs> you and you and paul who's another member of our team sent me the exact same video a day apart <laughs> i was like is that a hint like what are yes. we trying to say here? we're saying it all adds up Well done. That was a good one. Um, but I, I wonder if that's part of it is because there's so few people being able to share their experience as a, an autistic individual and a successful autistic individual or, or otherwise, like whatever success means. 
success meaning that you are at a point where you can share your story and people are listening. So it's it's not to devalue anybody else's experience or story. Yeah. But not enough of that is happening. So then I think that label becomes not only hard to receive, but hard to monetize. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's so I'm I had somebody say to me, because you are the only person, not the only person, but because I'm, I'm one of the very few people in the neurodiversity, advanced manufacturing and trade space, and we are the only company building um, a technology solution for employment specialists, I am in a unique position to be an expert on certain things. But like you said, I grew up also thinking I was always right. It <laughs> <laughs> hasn't changed much. Um, and to, to then find out that I wasn't always right. Although I will say, and my husband would back me up by the way, that 99, when I was 91.5% of the time, I actually am right. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, you've just blown my, I'm, I'm totally focused on that. Other, honestly, it's not often you make me speechless, but that's really good. So how it, it, do we then yeah. translate that? into a situation where individuals can use that kind of language to monetize somehow like you should be you should be yeah. a bajillionaire by now <laughs> with you the know, number of organizations you work with and what have you so why isn't that happening okay because um experience isn't valued but value is valued since so sometimes it, it, we get stuck in the language we use right oh right. valid okay yeah so like businesses who have the the, the you know, businesses and organizations who hold purse strings of the, you know, the 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 outflow of cash they're looking for what the the value you have uh to build on and add to their uh expertise okay so, so then if, if we're talking about things in just terms of um, experience, um, it, it's it, like when, we, when we put lived experience as a label, um, we're actually in, in many ways devaluing it because we're looking at it as something special. Whereas if, we, if, if oh. we're talking about the value, you know, the value that your experience has and focus on, you know, on that, that, that that aligns with the 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 people who make decisions about spending money so <clears throat> that i it so much of things is the, the the language we use around things um makes people feel one way or another and right. i mean it's one of the reasons why i don't call myself a self-advocate partially because the term is weird and it really is meant to be a corporate thing not an individual thing but also because i struggle with self-advocate advocate is enough you know, autistic advocate yeah. makes it clear yeah. that you know the realm I'm I'm, I'm talking about, um, and you know, disability advocate, parenting advocate, you know, autism advocate, all those things can define more clearly what the advocate is. But self advocate is a label that's special, and those things, um, not everybody. I mean, but the people who tend to have the money to make decisions about who they're going to use. Um, to you know, again, to 
add to the expertise that their that their organization is either using or they're they're putting on a, a podium because they want to get that like everybody does things for a particular reason you know and yep. some of it is some of it is um uh Altruistic. Uh, yeah, altruistic, philanthropical, and some of it is well. They they want they if you put person X on on the screen, you're gonna get you're gonna get um, a, a set amount of people interested because of that, and that's going to add more eyeballs to whatever they're doing. So there's but you're at that level. That's the thing is that yeah. you are at that. Yeah, but I have, um, I think that I have I have time and enough people okay so the, the i mean i was on a, a a call with somebody somebody was introducing me uh for some projects they were uh, they wanted to sort of get my advice on and after a few minutes a light bulb went off it's like wait you're the maddie that's the maddie it just occurred <laughs> like it just it's like she'd heard me in other contexts and seen me and realized wow and so yes i i i have been doing this enough uh over especially over the last three years where there's sort of a, a, a tsunami of wave of, of my of uh of, of my ex my experience and my knowledge you know becoming you know the 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 fact of the expertise is is there and i because that's a time factor the fact of the expertise okay so while you were saying that which i 100 percent support and so part of this, part of the reason we're having this conversation is that, you know, I, I've been struggling with this expert title, but I know I have to find a way. I'm in a position right now, which I'm very grateful for, that our neurodiversity and advanced manufacturing and trades program and expertise and whatever is getting a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. And when I say a lot, I mean like across Canada into the U.S. attention. Yeah. And so that's new for me i have always been so context I, I was an employee up until 2013 and during that time the challenge of my add brain was i always saw better ways to do things and and i don't mean that in a snotty way but i had it happen i had my suggestions validated enough times right so this is the other thing around value is validation if enough people are stealing your ideas and claiming them as their own, um, <laughs> hello, and that would happen constantly. Or if the CEO I was working for got triggered because they thought that my suggestion would make them look bad or it should have come from them or whatever. And again, not being snotty, this is my lived experience of being an employee, then invariably I I would get in trouble for something because, you know, they can't look bad. Yeah. And so I started questioning. I had a really strong sense of self for a very long time. And then I worked for a number of batshit crazy people, <laughs> like batshit, that I was like, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not as smart as I think I am. Maybe not, you know, everybody's been telling me for years that I'm smart. I mean, that's not something that you say to somebody randomly. Yeah. And I'm not the kind of person that requires propping up. So if you don't mean it, don't say it. Yeah. But then I had enough employers threatened by me and squishing me and devaluing my contribution that that really scarred me in a, in a weird way. Yeah. 
much like most autistic individuals throughout the school system, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And but so as you were sharing that, I thought to myself, if you're asking me for advice, then you value what I've got to say, or you wouldn't be asking. Yes, so exactly. why aren't you willing to pay for it? Yeah, and and that's that's the uh that's the crux. If I'm, if I'm that, expert enough for you to come to me with let's talk about this, then yeah. you know, cha-ching me. Yeah, I mean it's uh a good question because so many okay, so there's businesses and then there's organizations, right? And organizations uh like businesses it's what whatever's gonna uh, whatever's gonna bring them uh uh more money or you know or or value make their company more valuable they'll 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 invest in that organizations though don't look at that you know they're they look i think a lot of them look at at the ideas around them as shared things and not deserving individual um value now that's moving a lot but that's been the thing so if 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 an autistic you know they'll they'll engage autistics and you know take their ideas and do stuff with them you know because well everybody's a volunteer but the thing is not that's not equal that's not because if if you Deep breath for a second. Yeah. Because you got a, you got a great yeah. thing to say, but you're yeah. you're ahead in your head. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. The, this this is something that it's been mulling around a long a long time. Um when you when you take an idea, okay, so autistics generally are are minimally employed um yes. and underemployed. And we have we again that's the whole struggle of of uh you know, uh, of, you know, can we do things? We can't do things, uh, stick, you know, getting, finding, getting and keeping employment. Each of those things are struggles for employee, for, yeah. for autistics. So many times autistics will find themselves out of a company and that makes, again, adds the sense of their, of, of lowering their value. Um, but a lot of people, most people that volunteer with organizations have a day job. Or, or they're, or, or they're volunteering mm-hmm. is, uh, especially when you're talking about autism organizations, a lot of people are coming to the table representing another organization. So they're getting paid for being there. So w- when you bring an autistic in, you know, or s- anybody else with lived experience, it could be a single, a single parent that's, that's not working, but looking after their, uh, uh caring for their kids that are, that are, that are, that are, uh, ha- having challenges. So, yeah. um, which is which is another another place where you know the the lived experience should be valuable, but it's not. So well, it, it is, but it's past, not seen as valuable and payable. Exactly, yeah. You know, yeah. it's it, so in the past, you you when when autistic you, you're you're getting autistics you know uh, to the table. You're asking you know you're 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 learning from their lived experience, mm-hmm. and that's it. And maybe you'll just give them a twenty five dollar gift card for their time that's not valuing autistics at all it's no. really stealing autistic it's it's making it actually harder and this is and this is really where we get the concept of tokenism yeah oh 
because that's opening up another channel. That you're, you're you're bringing them to the table for to to give a one way information uh, dump, and then you're taking that and doing what you want with it. Whereas yep. true allyship is is having them at the table, having them stay at the table, having them engaged in more conversations other than just their their expertise but you know paying them for their time because no one else is you you're if you're if you're um and okay this is not to say that that autistics don't enjoy and shouldn't enjoy just pure volunteering but when you're looking at their expertise looking at their experience there you if you do not value it properly you are going to lead to their burnout. Yes. And this is what people keep saying to me, right? So I get a number of, I do a lot of, um, oh, sorry, that's a little bit of a, on all over, maybe I need to take a deep breath. So <laughs> when I was introduced as an expert with Manufacturing Masters, which I greatly appreciate, and now they've come back to me, they've actually asked me, I've been asked in the last week and a half, which I don't think you know yet, to speak at two different national events. Yeah, you told me. Well, you posted yeah. it in the group thing there. In the group, yeah. I didn't put it public, but I we have a um, a chat channel, not Slack. It's a secret bye special. Bye. It's a secret special place where we talk it's about special the garden. It's where we share our expertise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and that's been really interesting. I love talking. I love presenting. I love changing people's minds. I love filling knowledge gaps. I love sharing my personal stories in a way that people can identify with. And, and I'm fortunate, I mean, fortunate in that because my husband is neurodivergent and being dyslexic and he's, he's a triple ticketed tradesman, very proud journeyman's wife, by the way. Now my son who is ADHD autistic and dyslexic um, is now a certified welder and moving forward into the trades. Like he's, we've, steered that a little bit but it's it's going to be his thing when we can get him launched properly um that adds a level of veritas i guess to what i'm doing because yeah. I, I, I can hold up multiple success stories for this being a fact it's not, here's the other thing that somebody told me and i wonder if this is just coming out of my head so back in 2019 my mom passed away and my mom's two sisters, two of her sisters, she has three, came over from England, which is where my family's all from. And my auntie Chris said something to me very interesting, which is, and she was so funny because she's doing exactly what my mom used to do, which is my mom could crochet and knit like a ninja. Like my mom could be watching TV, sipping a cup of tea and crocheting a beautiful hat with flowers all at the same time. <laughs> like mind-blowingly talented and my auntie chris is the same and I she's crocheting you. away doing whatever and then she's like elizabeth i said yes auntie chris i have to tell you something and i said what's that and she said you have a way of speaking to people that they believe what you say mm -hmm. and i i never ever thought about that before because i never lie so i'm always believing something you know saying something you can believe because i just i don't lie and if I don't know something, I have absolutely no issue saying I don't know, which I think adds a level of veritas to what I do because I you asked me a question, somebody did yesterday, and I'm like, that's not my lane, but let's see if we can find out because I can make sense of information, but if I don't know, 
I would rather say I don't know and figure it out. And so that got me thinking is, is part of the challenge around value and expertise out of lived experience, the way the, and I'm not putting, I'm not shaming the victim or blaming the victim, but we don't invest enough time and resources teaching neurodivergent individuals about their value. Mm -hmm. We do not invest enough time and, and interest and energy into talking about body presentation and communication and all of those things that for autistic individuals don't come naturally. Yep. We don't teach leadership. We don't teach all of those things that I've spent years yeah. investing in because we teach them in school that that's not going to be a thing for them. Yeah. I, I think so. Is that part of the challenge now? Yeah. Maybe it, 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 def it definitely is. Um, I was very fortunate to have two very entrepreneurial parents. So, um, and I, I also, uh, my, my dad encouraged me to always ask why before doing anything. And so the, the Mine always told me to stop asking why, by the way, <laughs> why do you have to ask why so much? Yeah. Like, no, I, don't understand I, what you're saying. I, uh, I mean, we, we talked about this a few podcasts back about the, the whole, uh, um, uh, the, the asking questions to get back and forth, uh, to get, to get more information, more, more understanding. Um, yeah. but it's, so I, I had that, but when I one of the things I've been I've been realizing, and I spoke about this two days ago on a uh, uh, an Echo Ontario summer pop up, uh, where we were talking about what what I wish we knew as an autistic teen. And okay, bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. Yeah. So one of one of the things that I I, I realized, and autistics need to learn things intentionally. Neurotypicals somehow bumble through life, and they 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 get things, and they they, they get their experience, and they, they 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 somehow get into cushy seats that can then pronounce you know who has experience and who has value and whatnot. Whereas yeah. autistics, like if, if, if you can't assume that we're learning these things because these things the the more complex things we need to be intentionally taught, and this is one of the things that I you know, and wanting to do, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to work with a, another group of autistic uh, uh, adults and we're talking about advocacy and we're talking about, you know, how we can, um, how we can bring our experience to help change institutions that we might not necessarily feel that they, you know, uh, they may not have heard us in the past. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to set up an echo. Uh, uh, I'm hopefully hearing about the grant today. Um, uh, that's going to be, you know, what we're, I'm calling uh, an autistic awe academy, A-U-C-A, where really it's it's a, it's a series of, of of sessions where we where we talk about, you know, and teach these particular skills so that they can then go on and and know more. Uh, again, it's all about intentionality. You can't expect autistics to know about sex unless you teach them about sex. You can't expect yeah. to know about boundaries and you teach unless you teach them about boundaries. Like there's my mom handed me a book, by the way, like that was my yeah, big yeah. intro to, but this leads into, so yes. And okay. You've given yeah. me two ideas. I blame you hundred <laughs> percent. My job here is done. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I love talking to you. Like I swear, I just love talking to you. So here's the thing. No topic is really off topic for Maddie and I, right? Mm -hmm. So we've, we've delved into some pretty 
interesting stuff and personal stuff and whatever. Like when the queen died, that brought up all okay. kinds of stuff for me, grieving yeah. about my mom and whatever. And then we talked about grief and we've talked about, we talked about everything. So sister, what if, what, so one, during Maddie's recent presentation, and it's so interesting when the flow of the universe happens and you've been talking about something forever and then all of a sudden it just comes out in a way that makes sense, right? So you you talk about it, for me anyway, and I don't know if this happens for other people, sometimes when I talk about things, it feels like itchy underwear, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've had to wear the same underwear for three days or something and it just feels wrong. And then I, I don't know what happens. Thank you, universe. I get into a state of flow and it comes out and I'm like, that's the way I should have been saying it all along. Maddie, during their session um, yesterday, day before, uh, Wednesday, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday, came up with this amazing thing, which we will get to in two seconds. But what you've got me thinking is, Part of the Autistic Rambler is going to end up talking about a book by Temple Grandin called The Loving Push, because both Maddie and I agree that Temple Grandin's expertise, not as a parent, but as an individual who's had to go through these processes and use her lived experience to say, hey, this is why these things I'm suggesting to you are beneficial. And, you know, the way her mom raised her, completely different than a lot of autistic parents choose. Um, so we're gonna be talking about that. However, I wonder, and I can share, oh, so I'm a John C. Maxwell trained coach and John C. Maxwell is like a global yep. guru of coaching and whatever. They have a youth focused leadership program that I'm allowed to deliver for free. What if, the Autistic Rambler delved into the materials mm. from, and we start, that's what I'm saying. Mm. Oh, your Jar Jar Binks voice, because I know you have one of those too. Misa like this. Misa like it too. So, <laughs> Misa think this is a boom boom idea. <laughs> Misa think no boom boom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Misa thinks sparkler. Exactly. <laughs> okay, gay Jar Jar. This is a gay this is a boom boom idea. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of drag queen stuff lately, so that fits. Um yeah. and I'm queer, so I can do that. Yeah. Yes, you can. I am appropriating <laughs> yes, <I> can. happily. <laughs> um so so we will do that. I just wanted to put it out there. So we're going to do that because yeah. when Maddie reacts like that, then I know that this is something that we're going to be able to deliver. That would be so awesomely cool. And it's all laid out so we don't have to think too much, <laughs> which is great because we think a lot. When Maddie was approached to work with this organization, which they get approached a lot, which is fantastic. But one of the frustrating conversations that we have goes back to the foundation of this podcast is that Maddie should be able to support themselves because if you are coming to an individual to ask them for their advice and their expertise and, you know, having them sit on a panel or whatever, then that's worth paying for. Mm -hmm. And I struggle with that, right? Not still struggle with that. And it's not an imposter syndrome thing. It's a, well, it might be a little bit, but it's a getting used to that 
I haven't been used to that. So much like an autistic individual isn't exposed to leadership and communication training and all of those things they should be, shame on our institutions for ignoring that. Mm -hmm. As an employee for 25 years, being told to shut up, sit down, don't say why, just say yes, just get it done yeah. my way. By yeah. the way, I'm gonna take your ideas and I'm gonna present them as my own because yeah. I can't tell you they're good, but I can use them and then it make me look good now being asked to share my expertise and that intersectionality i'm gonna use that what is it again where experience and knowledge meet yep love that yeah so we have to explore this faster more not faster more share the amazing thing that flowed out of your brain because you've now been asked for a few years to share your story and all of a sudden yep. it came to you in flow yeah. Hit it. It was uh, okay. You're, you're going to hear about it in the in the podcast, the mini podcast we did. Um, but yeah, so I, I had this idea that you know autistics, you know, think of us as as being in a car, right? But before the diagnosis, we're we're there and we have no idea what's going on around us, but we know something's different about us. When we get the diagnosis, it turns the headlights on. And we can see we can see the path ahead of us more clearly, but it also allows us to look through the, the mirror and look at our look at our life in the past and understand a little bit more why it's, yeah. it was like it was. And it, it, it again, um, the the diagnosis doesn't turn it doesn't flick a switch makes you autistic. It just makes you understand that you were and are and will be autistic. And it allows the the other people in your life who are in the passenger seats to also understand more about you, and they're more. Uh, uh, it, it, it's a pro. The, the 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 concept of acceptance is a process. It's a journey. Um, it starts with the headlights going on, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily all there. Uh, you got to drive a little bit more. <laughs> can you get more? So when you shared it this time, the imagery, so one of the reasons this is really valuable, and there's many, is that um, Maddie's looking at redesigning their website. So if you haven't visited, go and take a peek at Autistic wreck, Rambler. It's a train wreck. It's it is a bit of, of a, and I, yeah. it's a lot. It's like one of those VW buses where somebody went mad with spray paint and it looks really psychedelic. Because <laughs> it's... You know, Coco Chanel always taught us, put everything on that it's, you think you should wear and then take three the things off. colors, but there's a lot of it. Yeah. Yes, it's a lot. Yeah. But it is a great opportunity to learn more about Maddie, learn more about what they're doing and what have you. So the reason that this car analogy is important is that from my perspective, when I began the journey with my son, there were no road signs. There were no those warning things over the highway. There was no seatbelt warning. There was no map. There was yeah. nothing. No lights. Like I was driving a Pinto with a match near the gas tank. <laughs> if we're gonna, that's pretty much what it felt like. Um, and we all know Pintos used to explode, by the way. <laughs> Bad car. But that's what it felt like. I was driving with my tailpipe on fire and nobody was giving me any help. As we continued through the journey though, we started to get signposts. We started to get service stations. We started yeah. to get individuals in the car with us. Yeah. 
that weren't trying to hold the bumper back. They were trying to go, well, hang on a minute. That knocking noise that you hear, which could either have been a new tick or a change in medication or whatever, that means this. Yeah. And then like the headlights have come on and it's only in the last five years that we can actually see the path ahead. And now that I say that out loud, that makes more sense for why my son's journey is taking a little longer because mm -hmm. he's 25, still living at home, which I know is a thing right now because of economy and COVID and whatever. But we couldn't see his way forward yeah. for a very long time. And not that he didn't have a future and not that we didn't know he couldn't, but we just had nobody. Like, there was no, yeah. and it was bad. Yeah. And you may have been stuck going on a roundabout for a while. Absolutely. And and some days it felt like that highway. What's that game where people shoot each other? Grand Theft Auto? Grand Theft Auto, yeah. It felt, some days honestly felt like Grand Theft Auto <laughs> or Free Guy, which is a great movie. Go see oh, yeah. it. Exactly. And other days it was like a nice country road. And other days it was like that weird backwoods road where you were going over the wibblies and yeah. didn't know what was happening. And some days we hydroplaned. <laughs> yeah. It, basically it's it's uh the, the uh it's it's the going on a, on a trip with the muppets <laughs> oh, that's amazing yeah. plus i love the muppets it's me, me too <laughs> moving but it's like having right animal along, driving right foot loose and fancy free moving right along right along, right along oh that's a good song yeah but dr teeth was driving right and dr teeth kind of knew what he was yeah, doing and some days exactly. it kind of feels like animals driving and you're like <laughs> oh i swallowed the coffee quick <laughs> otherwise i would have no monitors right now right <laughs> yeah it's like animals driving and yeah. you're like or or um oh who's the big tall That's hairy you guy forgot to beat us we were a little hangry so the animal comes out Little rabbit foo foo. But that's good. So we're going to explore that. The point, of, the point of all of this is if you are in a position like the individuals we've mentioned, where people are coming to you to ask you to participate on panels, where people are coming to ask you to consult on something, where people are coming and asking your advice on a regular basis, your experience has value. Yes. Monetary value. And you may not think, you're like, no, 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 which I do all the time. So I hear you. No, yeah. no, no. I'm just happy to help. Well, yeah. happy to help doesn't put food on the table. Yeah. And what that continues to do is devalue the individuals coming up behind you that are also going to be asked for their expertise. And so I think with the little ahas we that we just had between you know the leadership materials we can share and the stuff from temple grandin and what have you i hope you'll continue to listen and work through whatever is holding you back from understanding your value i'm working on it so i'm not saying that in a judgmental way right because i i find some experts pretty freaking cocky and pretty freaking stupid That's so i'm like i don't ever want to be associated with those people experience what's there that generally the people that we find more frustrating that are experts it's because they have more knowledge than experience they're not they don't have the expertise they really only have knowledge 
and they, even that's a bit sketchy. Yeah, but that's what they're holding. That's what's holding them up is their level of knowledge. You throw you throw a couple, you know, letters, comma letters, comma letters. You know what I think it is though. That's well, hang on think. now. That's, I have that's... worked with some pretty smart dumb people. <laughs> yes, me too. Yeah, I don't think it's the letters, and I don't think it's the knowledge. What I think is, they have invested time and energy into communication, into yeah. presentation, and into being able to dazzle with bullshit. I truly believe the investment in the ability to present confidently, in the ability to, and I, I, I'm sorry to, well, not sorry, but it's a fact, present well, yeah. look the part, speak the part, yeah. and we have a grade six reading level across Canada, you can dazzle with bullshit pretty easy, Yeah. right? So that's where I think individuals can stand apart, is that let's explore this, how we add those skills into a variety of spaces so that lived experience becomes something that is valued and that we teach you about your value so that you get paid and not a Tim Hortons $25 yeah. gift card yeah. bullshit. And, and I will, I will say that we got to uh, wrap up one of the things, yeah, this will be the last thing I'll say. Uh, and, I, and I say this in a lot of the meetings, that, uh, a lot of the uh, talks that I do, that our our monet we should not be valued just by the monetary value that we can bring. We have inherent value. And, oh, understandable. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that's the thing that 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 autistics that aren't able to, you know, or, or don't feel they're capable of sharing their sharing their experience does not mean that you don't have value right yes so there yeah. there's you there's, need to find a way to get it out there exactly yeah so if and that opens up a thing if you have something to say if you are interested you're more than welcome to join us i actually have to circle back to tom from autism alliance who won our second annual yeah. Jim and Jeanette Munson Award because he was interested in coming on. Like we need to have more of, yeah. of that happening as well. Be but, our guest. Be our guest. Put your microphone to the test. I love that song. Aww. And that was Jerry. What was his name? Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. He was on Law and Order for a very long time. Oh, or, he or, was or, or Bach. Yes. Yes. Anyway, another story. So thank you for joining us today. Part of what we do in, in sharing is we are sharing our knowledge and our experience. And that doesn't make us experts, but it does make us expert adjacent. <laughs> I don't know. Take Whatever us, expert means to you. Take us as a bowl of cereal and sometimes you just need to add the sugar. Or take out the rainbows. No, don't well, not the rainbows. rainbows. Don't touch my rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you Taste don't touch the my rainbows. rainbows. <laughs> See, that I that's a whole that is like vaguely porny. Like that's the only commercial that I kind of go, that's a real obvious double entendre there, Bucko. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to touch your rainbow. <laughs> that's just yeah, the no, rainbow thank you. full of sugar. Rainbow full of sugar. It's just an opportunity. Yeah. We just know that because we push forward, because we have opportunity, because we are learners, because we're chatty, we don't mind sharing. If you're learning something from this, fantastic. If we've 
given you the courage to go and try something new or helps you feel better about something. You know, Maddie's my unpaid therapist, <laughs> which I should probably work on. Um, and that's what it's about. It is about sharing that experience and creating opportunities to learn. And I don't know, I'm sure yeah. we're experts on something somewhere, but yeah, something. We're anyway. experts on uh, prolonged uh, podcast endings. Yeah, and I, my husband's standing outside with my new monitor, so I got to go. But thank you for joining us, everybody. We will be coming back again, and we're going to be exploring these other two things now on leadership. I think that's going to be that's going to yeah. be cool. Yeah. Um, and I hope you'll enjoy that. And we'll let you know before each podcast if it's a leadership one, if it's a book one, if it's yeah. just a, a having rabbit foo foo moments or whatever. Yeah, we should get active on social media about this. Yeah, should is the shaming word. Okay. Thanks Let for joining us, everybody. Get active on, on Stop it. <laughs> Let us get active on social media so we can have some relief. Stop it. With our word salads that we do every... Stop it. Okay. <laughs> our rainbow cereal. All right. All right. We'll talk Bye -bye. to you soon, everybody. Thank Bye -bye you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. <laughs> you are such a <laughs> cookie. Yep. Thank you for joining us on Across the Desk and our new series, The Autistic Rambler. Please visit SpiroCareersCanada.ca to learn more about the tools we're building with the autism community. And please visit TheAutisticRambler.com to learn more about Maddie Dever.